What would you do if we poked you in the axiom? The purpose, to ask questions and engage in dialogue about subjects that we call axioms. An axiom. A statement or proposition which is regarded as being established, accepted, or self-evidently true. These are the underpinnings of our thought, our belief, and the ways that we live out our lives. A question. An examination to determine the validity and or meaning. Dialogue. The process of determination. The process of our examination. Welcome. Welcome to What Would You Do If We Poked You in the Axiom. We're glad that you're with us, Constant Listener. Uh, my name is Malcolm Fowler, and to my left... Thomas Barton. And to my right... Mike Dion. And we are continuing to deal with the subject of good and evil. We're continuing to deal with the subject of good and evil. As you may know, uh, if you've been following along with us, our, our past couple episodes on this axiom... Uh, got a little bit into the weeds, as we might say, and that's. Uh, I'm not trying to make a reference there. I'm just trying to say that uh, that we were a little a little scattered, and so for our episode today, we wanted to pin ourselves down really and take the time to be able to to pen some uh, some definitions of what good and what evil are. And as you probably know, as you've been listening along, we have identified that these are these are tricky subjects. All of these things that we are talking about, all of these axioms, they are are difficult to difficult to define at times and they are difficult to to know the boundaries to them at times. And maybe that is just a good reminder to us because as you uh, as you have been listening along with us, uh, then you know that one of the reasons that we are here, one of the reasons that we are doing this uh, is because we want to discuss these things. We want to reasonably dialogue about them. We want to ask questions about them and have have a discussion about them. Uh, so much of our world is just filled with yelling and filled with sides, and we are not interested in doing that. We are interested in knowing these things, and we are interested in helping ourselves to know them better so that we might be better and so that you might be better. And so with all that being said, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mike and Thomas a question and say, who wants to uh, who wants to take the stage and, and read their definition first? Do we want to read both good and evil definitions, or do we, do we want to just read all three of our definitions of good and then read all three of our definitions of evil? That's what you call show prep, folks. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, some bad news about prep over here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My definitions kind of interrelate to each other. Mine do too. All right. So we should just do. You want to just do both of them? Just, just yeah, do good just and do, evil, each individually, yeah. one of us and then the next? So, so Thomas, do you want to sound impressive or do you sound, want to sound really impressive? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I always liked to go last when, in these things because I liked to hear what other people said. So that being said, I don't mind going first. I'll go first. All right, go first. All right. Let me get my paper out, rustle this. <laughs> All right, good, a definition. That which is straight, that which is whole. Evil, a definition. That which is crooked, that which is broken. Straight, whole, crooked, broken. That's what I wrote. You want to to try to remember mine or do you want to... Do you want to take a moment and poke that or do you want to just hear all of them? Oh, uh, yeah. Are we going to poke each of them and then... Yeah. Okay. That's what. We, what would you do? Uh, okay. Well, I, I wasn't sure if we're going to all, all go and then start... Po- but I like that better because it's easier to... Do one thing at a time. Yeah, let's do that. You were you were gearing up to poke. I I wasn't. I was oh, you weren't. 
So you're just absorbing. I was going to ask you for your. They phone. haven't heard the constant listener. They haven't heard my definition. There was this is sort of a reaction as well. We probably maybe we should be having like a video record or something. But if if I have something that's whole, can it still be evil? Oh, uh-huh. like can it be wholly evil? Well, I mean, can I can I wholly accomplish the Holocaust? <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Oh, man. I think I mean, that if you did, that would be called a genocide, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd argue that that would be breaking something else. Uh, By whole, do you mean complete? Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. And, and, I, and I understand, like, like the, the danger of, and maybe this is why we didn't do it pri- prior to this episode, but like the danger of putting these things on paper is that you now, you kind of have to now like define even the words that you use. And and I had, I, I will admit, I had I had trouble writing it, and I wanted to I wanted to try and I wanted to try and address it in a way that didn't I don't want to say didn't involve God, but I wanted to try and 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 put out something that didn't didn't I don't want to say fully rely on the divine in the definition because because you know me. Um, but but can I can I define what is good, just as good, and this is this is where I ended up. What do you mean? Like, I think God is good. Right. Obviously. So how do I define? <laughs> how do I define? Because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say like what is good, so how do we come to wholeness? If to be good is to be whole. See, so so I think that that's probably why our proclivity. As we've talked about, like to shop at Whole Foods. No, no, <laughs> no, because Whole Foods. But Whole Foods uses that word for a purpose, right? Like right. they use that word because they're saying like our food is holy food, not holy H O L Y, but W H O L E. It is food. Thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. It wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're using that word for a purpose, right? Like they're saying that our food is good. It's a it's whole food. It's not. It it contains nothing else. You know. And so it's just food. Let me. Oh, okay. Mind. You go. Okay. Well, let, let me flip it and and ask if a broken thing can be good. Mm. I think a broken thing can be redeemed. Like Narsil? I was thinking like Jesus. I mean, this is my body that is broken for you. So that's the other thing. So like your question about you know can a can a whole thing be evil? Can a broken thing be good? Okay. So that's the flip. Um, I think the I think the. I, I don't think I'm using broken in that sense. Okay. So is the act of breaking Jesus evil, but Jesus' willingness to be broken? See, the cross, is, the cross is that interesting thing because it is both the best <laughs> thing and the worst thing that has right. ever happened, right? Yeah. I mean, in, the, in, our, in our Christian understanding of it, it's like the God of the universe was put to death. That's a terrible thing. But the purpose for which it was done was the most good thing that could happen. Is it a terrible thing because of the breaking and the breaking makes it evil or <laughs> again these thi- so that but but see and this is partly why I use this like opposite words in the definition because I think that the two we we know at least we know the two. Yeah. One because of the other at times. Yeah. At times. And 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 back to to something that you had said Thomas I think that I think that we're far more familiar with that which is evil. And, and that I forget exactly what your question was, but that was basically where I was going. You got me distracted with the Whole Foods thing. <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm trying. I, like, what do you mean by wholeness? I'm trying to like wrap my head around 
broken. Because I think in many ways, like we ourselves have to be broken before we have a possibility of being good. In a sense, in a sense, but I guess our, we're not we're not meant to remain in our brokenness, are we? No. Like like in our in our finding good. We probably will though. Well, we we keep breaking There's ourselves. Pessimism. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we keep we keep breaking things, right? Like and and so I think that in our in our in our redemption process, yes, we are broken, but it's brokenness to lead to a wholeness, correct? Yes. I don't also know if like just because something is broken, it's evil. Is there a motive behind <laughs> the breaking? Is that that see to the motive to me comes I think more in our in our in our acting out of these things. Okay. So um you like like if if something is broken, like kind of running with what you're saying, like it doesn't. Does that necessarily mean that it's evil? And you're saying the acting out of the breaking is the part that is, I I don't know. This is partly why I had such a hard time, and and even like, it's okay. Like that's what we're doing here. We're poking these things, right? I mean, but, I find yeah. it admirable you wanting to like come up with your definition without you know. To like include like a secular viewpoint, I don't think it's possible. It's possible that it is not possible. <laughs> yes, yeah, but, like I, 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 I couldn't do it. In well, one one, one of the things, no, and I appreciate that, and and I think that if I were to, I think that if I were to, if to were to try and do it, like you say, not from a secular viewpoint, then it it, it may look different. It probably would look different. Um, but one of the things that we talked about was that like you know, we keep coming back to the divine and that's okay. I, I, I'm comfortable with that, but I wanted us again, like, I guess in a sense, I'm trying to like poke our axiom even in, well, like, in even, this. even in your definition, I mean like straight and crooked, those are, I know biblical, I know like the straight way. I know. And then like, you know, the evildoers ways are crooked. And that's, and so, 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 so rethink about, rethink my definition with that in mind. Yeah. I mean, I would, in that, like the straight way is that which does not deviate and it's narrow and it's the razor's edge. The straight way is the way to go. Yeah. It is, it is the way that we're, that we are to walk. Right. But that's so all, th- all figurative language, right? It is. So what does that actually mean? Well, you have to walk it. You have to find <laughs> it out. Well, but isn't there beauty in a path that, you're being, know, You're being too literal there. You're being too literal. Quite down, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Put your long hair away. Yeah. Well, it's Need like, not apply. <laughs> Aristotle believed virtue was the medium between two extremes. So, like that was it was the it was the way between two extremes. Sure, sure, but sometimes what is good Malcolm's is extreme. Arguing with Aristotle now, huh? <laughs> Malcolm's about to start arguing. Why with not? He would have accepted that, wouldn't he? Isn't that yeah. all? Isn't that what the Greeks were all about? Yeah. Like, let's just argue about I'm this thing. I'm not that thing. big a fan of Aristotle myself. I'm not I saying you have to be. I'm prefer just Plato. It's more the process than it is the the people. I love Plato. It tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Let's hang, on, hang on. Hang on. Um. The, the middle way, sometimes the middle way is the way, but I think that, that, you know, if everything, if everything is bad, then good looks, looks to be the extreme thing. 
That is also true. Is everything bad? There's a little bit of bad in everything. <laughs> is everything broken and crooked? <laughs> I think so. I think in our world today, everything okay. is broken. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and and so, like if if you're challenged, like constant constant listener, if you're challenged by this definition, good. I'm glad because <laughs> because I think that I, I, part of part of my my intent in 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 writing it and in and in saying it this way is to is to is to be able to say like yeah like there are broken things in this world yeah. there are crooked things in this world and and like we've talked about sometimes it's me many times it's me i mean you know do we but we it's so funny because the way that we talked about evil we said that we're so much more familiar with it or at least we're so much more we're so much more willing to to see it right but when you get right down to it like, do we really call those things evil? And maybe if we did, maybe if we actually called those things evil, we might fight against them a little bit more. I think more. we're afraid to, to call those things evil because then we'd have to realize that that is in ourselves. Is in ourselves. Absolutely. Like if we're like, you know. So we, we talk about, you know, okay, not that I want to bring up the government again, but I'm going to. Like if we really took our government to be so wrong and be so broken on so many levels – wouldn't we just tear it down? I think... Why wouldn't we? Because then you have the reign of terror. We don't take it seriously enough. Well, but the other thing I think is, is not just that, but because what would we build? We don't know because we are yeah. so... Like, was right. so You'd have to replace it with a better system, a straighter system, and I don't know that we can... I the, mean, there are times we could maybe do that. For in the history while. of revolutions... It tends to be the, that what comes after is way worse than what you had before. Mm. I mean, the French Revolution For a time. led to the reign of terror. Yeah. Because once you start tearing things down, you s tear everything down. And once you start, like, you, know, you, you find your enemies everywhere. Wouldn't you say, so, like, I, I'm not as familiar with the French Revolution, but I know that it was quite bloody and... Would we be willing to say that that once one side had lost to the other side, that the revolution was still going on? They just started killing themselves. I mean, Robespierre ended up with his head on the block. I guess. I guess that's. I guess that's my point. Like, like a revolution isn't always just found in on the battlefield, right? Like we think of it like that, or it's not just found in ousting somebody from office, but I, the revolution continues after those things have happened. Well, I right? think the revolution... You, because you're still trying to find out what your way is and you're still trying to build that thing, like you said, Mike. It's because it was yeah. just children who didn't want to play with their toys anymore. Well, if, if, you, if you take... If, if, you've, if you, you actually frequently say this, you know, like you stare into the void, the void stares back. Be careful fighting monsters lest yes. you become one. I think that's what happens in a lot of revolutions is you yeah. see something you identify as evil and you start to fight against it. And in fighting against it, I think you just mentioned this, you start to see your enemies everywhere and then you become the monster. That's absolutely true. There's a modern Orthodox saint and I can't remember his name. He said, don't seek to fight e evil. Seek to do good and evil will be destroyed. Mm. Like to tear down. Overcome through love. Right. Like I don't think anything needs to be torn down. I don't think the real revolution is the revolution that happens inside the human heart. And then we, to seek to eradicate the evil in us and to do good. And if we 
if enough people decided, you know what, I'm going to do good, things would start to change on their own. But they want a top-down, they don't want a bottom-up approach as much as they say they want, you know, so we're going to do a grassroots effort. No, you're not. You're looking for someone who's going to do it for you through politically expedient means and the rule of law and the force of violence. That's what you mean. If you really wanted to do a grassroots effort, you would change. The scary thing about freedom is, is that you might actually be responsible for it in your own life. Right. Yeah. You like actually might have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> okay. Another pop culture reference, but my, my favorite scene from the Mandalorian there was when Bill Burr's character was talking to the, to the Colonel or whatever it was. And he, and talking about the, the empire, the empire. And he was like, they just want control. Yeah. So people, no, so like people, people think they want freedom, freedom but what they but really they want, want is order. Order. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite scene. I can't even quote it right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, but it's, I think that's, I think that's the thing that you're, that you're kind of talking about, right? That it's like, it's just, it's there. I don't have to engage with it. It's just, it's just, what do you mean? I care about feeding the poor. I voted. <laughs> I voted for the guy who said he's going to do it. It's like, I mean, that's not, that's not charity, first of all. Like, Charity is like direct action that a person takes, and also it's not like philanthropy. Char- charity is is self. Uh, it's the giving of yourself. Well, and it's it's not self seeking. It's not self serving. Right. I mean, if you I, give because you get a tax return or you get a break on your taxes, it's like, well, that's. I love you know like whenever you hear something like, oh well, didn't Jesus say to feed the poor? It's like, yeah, he didn't say that I should like have the government impose unjust laws in order to do so. He said I should do it, which I try like my best, you know, and fail to do. And like, that's like, like if like we, we want these things to accomplish these things, you have to give an already tyrannical government so much power that it's going to be able to control every aspect of your life. If we wanted real good, we'd start with ourselves our families and we'd work out to our communities. It's like, I'm sorry. Like I can't, I can't help what's happening right now in New York city, but in Springfield, Vermont, I can. Mm-hmm. And this is why I didn't want to bring up the government. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was afraid we'd have to do more editing. If we stopped, <laughs> if we stopped giving these people power and worked on being good people ourselves, so it would work out. Okay, so just for, just for a second, Better and maybe, and, and then after this, maybe we can move on to, to somebody else's definition. Not that I don't want to, you know, I, I'm 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 fine. We, like we we haven't sufficiently poked and and well, I guess I guess yet. I, I guess think. what? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I don't want that to happen. Like, no, just leave my definition alone. I like it. I'm not saying that. But so the thing you just brought up, Thomas, the applying it to our own lives, right? And and this is where I think I, I kind of worried about it, like, you know, because because it does become a little bit relativistic, right? Like, okay, that which is straight and that which is whole. It's like, well, in order for me to be a whole person, don't I need this thing in my life that others would end up calling not good, right? So the application of it in our, in our lives, like, what does that... What do you mean by I need this thing in my life that other people would call not good? Well... I don't know. Like, take your pick. I'm trying to be a little vague about it because I don't know what it could be. I'm but not like, whole unless I get to drink at night. There, yeah, there are things. There are things that that people do that would say like, yeah, that's 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 good, but not everybody would say that. And so, when I when I pattern my life, right? Like, if I pattern my life after something, and and say, and then call my life good, 
and and let's face it, like I think everybody wants, not everybody, but most people want to think of themselves as a good person. It's something that we've said in our episodes here about good and evil. Um, it's and and as a pastor, I've talked to enough people about you know what your what's your eternal state going to look like. That's and they think, well, I'm a pretty good person. I know, I know. We've talked about this. It's more about not doing those those things than it is about well, doing no, I was the good say, things. I think that's why in our society today, there's these things like you just have to accept that you're perfect just the way you are. Again, again, the wholeness. It's like you're not. The, I know, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the 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 brokenness and the crooked things, right? Like when we begin to see those in ourselves, I think that that has to, in a sense, drive us to find a wholeness and to find a straight way. So in, in applying this to ourselves, like, do, have I just proposed, like, the most relativistic sense of what is good and what is evil? Or is there something else there? Oh, there's definitely more relativistic you could get. Just wait till we get to me. <laughs> uh, I, I think no matter how you define it, we're always going to have to deal with the fact that you can't define good and evil as a list of acts. So you're going to still come down to somebody saying, no, I don't think that that is crooked. I think that that is straight. And I don't think that that is straight. I think that that is crooked and broken. Mm -hmm. I, I think we're always going to have to wrestle with that. That's part of the experience of life. And kind of comes back to our whole discussion on truth is we've got to seek at the truth of those things. You know, is sitting down and having a drink at night helping me be whole? Is it not helping me be whole? Is it neither? And does that actually change based on who I am? Does it change based on who I am? Like if, if I'm a recovered alcoholic, probably coming home and having a drink at night is not going gotcha. to help me. Yeah. If I'm not and I'm responsibly drinking and just having... I don't. I don't even drink. It so might be. It might be nothing. For the I think well, that would be uh -huh. where the relativism would come in. Would be, you know, what each person needs to be whole. So yeah. there's a level of relativism in in these things that is just sort of inherent. Well, I think no. If only if you're doing it apart from God. It's like, well, I need to find that thing that makes me whole. It's like that thing that's going to make you whole. Well, is Paul. God. I mean, Paul. Paul talked a little bit about when he was talking about food sacrifice to idols, he was talking about like that thing that you know is not sin to you, like it becomes sin for your brother. Right, but I'm not talking about sin here. I'm talking about the wholeness part. But the thing that's going to come... I think sin and it's sin and, and wholeness and brokenness are, are kind of... Right, but I mean, we do each have... Like that's where I... Like we do each have different sins which enslave us. Like no one's... There are people whose primary sin is lust. There's people whose primary sin is gluttony. But the answer is the same for all of those sins, so, which is submission to God. So was hmm, – I think that there's a little bit of a – I don't want to say that sin is relative. But what, I'm, what I want to say is, is – and I'm, and I'm thinking of, of Paul here again when he talks about how like look out for, the, for your weaker brother, right? Because he says, you know that like eating that food sacrificed to idols is nothing because idols are nothing. But not everybody understands that. And so in their hearts, they may be committing a sin, right? So does that make sin relative or does that make the practice of it or is the temptation of it? No, I mean, I think we're, you and I are trying to make different points here. Oh, okay. I was trying to talk about wholeness. Now, like the answer to wholeness is always God and that 
like because what Mike was saying, like what's straight, you know, could be different for each other people. It was the relativistic thing that that in these things that there is a level of relativism. Well, I think yeah, that is in, inherent in them in the society we live in. It's like, well, you know, I need to find that thing for me. Right, and I guess my point, what I was trying to say is that is that is there some relativism in what is sin and what is not sin, or maybe in that it's the temptation that leads to the sin. Uh, are, are you guys, are you saying that sin influences wholeness? Whether whether it's, you know, not sinning helps you to be whole or sinning is causing you to be broken? Is that where you're going? Just Because I, I think I'm starting to see where you two are in different lanes. Yeah, I feel like... Is one of us in the passing lane or are we in crossing lanes? Um, I, you guys one might be on different interests. One of us has got our blinker on still. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> still trying to make a left turn. So um, let's just like, let's just toss that aside because I didn't think it's not going anywhere. Well, I'll stick with your definition. Okay, so the the practice of them, the the putting in putting to practice in your life those things that are straight and those things that are whole. I think you need a... You need a standard. You need a standard. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I think you do need a standard. Um, and if that's the thing... But good is a... Good is, a, is an adjective, right? Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it, it as... It can also be a verb. Hmm? It can also be a verb. To do good. To do good. Well, then doing is the... It's, it's a... Being a little... What, there's another facetious. part of speech there. Anyways, like we've like as I was thinking about goodness. the definition. Okay, so here's the thing. As I was thinking here's about the thing, okay. As I was thinking about the definition, I was thinking we we most often I think use it as a as an adjective. We use it to describe something, right? Either an act or a thing, a noun. Um, and but that's not that's not how we were trying to that's not how we were trying to approach it. We were trying to approach it as as something else. We were trying to approach it as like a more of like a metaphysical thing. And that's let's face it, I mean that's, that's yes. That's you have the, to have a you have to have a standard in the, in those cases. That's the ultimate question. I mean the ultimate question cuz if we're talking just about if we're talking about just about individuals then the you're going to have as many definitions of good as you have individuals because individuals are inherently selfish and they think the thing that's the best and the most good is the thing that pleases them. No one likes to think that the thing that gives them pleasure is evil. Um, if we're talking about in a societal sense, we'll have as many definitions of good as we have societies. There needs to be a source of goodness if goodness is to be anything other than the best we can come up with. There has to be. Or else there is no goodness, and everything is permissible. Are good and evil about what is permissible? I think in part, yeah. Is there a difference between evil and bad? Yes. Okay. What is that? <laughs> well, we talked about this in the first episode, like intention and like malevolence. Oh, okay. okay. Like, you know, like it's bad that I stub my toe. Like that's the example I used. Or it's bad that, you know, it's not a good thing that my kid fell off her bike and scraped her knee. But it's not evil. 
Like, shit but is, is it is well, it bad to say, you know, like there's there are some things like if you're talking about a standard, I'm just gonna go full Christian here and and say let's talk about biblical standards. Is it bad to say, uh, to to sin in some ways, but evil to sin in other ways. And I've just completely threw away all the standards because I got very complicated. So like you're like good into the examples, the the Catholic categories of like venial and mortal sin with that one. Cardinal. Oh no. (laughs) Um, is something bad or is something just evil? Yeah, I guess it's, you know, like, is it, gosh, I don't, I'm 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 hesitant to dive into specific examples just because of how complicated things are going to get, and we're going to run off into the weeds in it. And we still got two other definitions to get to. Yeah, two other people's well, definitions. Well, do you want to do your definition, or do you want to do mine? Because mine can kind of like piggyback off of what you just off of, uh, said. Okay, I'm, I was yeah. Let's do that. All right. Can you hit, pull up our Facebook conversation? Oh, jeez, you so don't. Can, like, <laughs> we asked you to write it down. You didn't even. <laughs> I literally sent it last night, and I said, "This is so I, know, I don't I forget it." Oh, okay. All right. I do not have a smartphone. Do you, here you go. Do you want to read it or do you I'm want me to read tech. it? I'll read it. All right. I'm low tech. It's my definition, he says. <laughs> I'll read it. <laughs> I'm not going to have you read my He's definition. Calm down, bastard. <laughs> you call me host. <laughs> <laughs> you put some respect on my name. <laughs> I said, the good is that which births, sustains, and calls all beings to it. In short, God. And goodness is all that which leads us to him. Evil is the absence of goodness. It is that which engenders selfishness and leads man away from his ultimate rest in God. Does that take for granted that God is good? Yep. What if God is not good? Then he'd be no God. Then he's not God. Why? Why? I mean, I guess I'm I'm thinking of God in in the sense of a creator and not the Judeo-Christian definition of who God is. But... I mean, if, if we were created by a deistic entity that just wanted to create us for his malicious pleasure, what, what if we live in that world? Well, I mean, we're screwed. <laughs> End podcast. Let's just go do something. Yeah, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Uh, I mean, yeah, I take, you know, the underlying presupposition of the Christian God. But Plato would say the same thing, that the highest ultimate form is the good, which all other things proceed from, and which is why man has the yearning in his heart for good. I mean, all of the the, the classical philosophers, you know, would have said the same thing. I mean, even some of the Enlightenment philosophers... I mean, we've already uh, demonstrated Malcolm, Malcolm doesn't agree with any of those philosophers. It's, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. They're suspect. <laughs> suspect. Um, it, it does, Just by the fact that they're Greek. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it, I, I guess let me, let me <laughs> poke at that a little bit, a little bit differently because it's – I don't while – I, while I believe in a Judeo, Judeo-Christian God and believe that he is good uh, – I don't see necessarily the connection between the fact that we have this yearning for goodness to mean that God must then be good. Even if even if the philosophers of old are like, yeah, this makes sense to us. Like, sure, it makes sense to you, but does that mean it's true? Why would it not be true, Mike? Well, could an evil God make us wish that we lived in a good world just so he could get more 
pleasure. I mean, Sid cre- spent a bunch of time creating Sid from Toy Story, creating these like monstrosities of creations just so he could torture them. Yeah, but he was he, he was he was very lonely and abused. Well, yeah, yeah. There was <laughs> he a lot he of... had he had evil within him. In a sense, your proposition has some validity to it, right? That if there is evil within God, then what you're saying could could be true, right? Right. And so you're, I mean, you're right to say, you know, Thomas, you're you're putting a presupposition on God there. And I mean, I don't actually disagree, but <laughs> no. But know, we're here that, to poke. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's so like that's. I mean, that's why the Gnostics believe that the actual creator of the cosmos was evil and was a lesser deity than uh, because of what they saw. Because of what they saw. Because I think that's the thing. But the funny thing is, is like they still th- thought like the ultimate god who was above the creator god must be good. Was good, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I think, I think that I think there's there's reason to question. In, with your question, Mike, right. like I think it's a, I think it's a valid question because partly because we look around and there is sin, there I mean, is there's, evil. Yeah, there's the right? classic question like if God is so good, then what the heck is going on here? Right. I think we can turn that around though because like, why know, is there any good in the world? Right. So okay, if there's a good God, why is there bad? It's like well, if there's not a God, why is there good? Or if there's a bad God, why is there good? Yeah. Like, I mean. I, I think it gets at the ends of it more than it gets at the source. Maybe. I mean, and that's obviously like, you know, the Christian thought like the ultimate restoration of all things will, you know, yeah. heal. Yeah, I'm definitely biased into that mindset a little yeah. bit. <laughs> uh, but I think there's something – it's interesting. Like, And even if you want to remove it from the Christian context or from the Western philosophical tradition – and go east, right, to, like, Hindu thought, mm. I mean, source of life was still good. You know, Brahma was still ultimately good and was within all things and was working to draw all beings to himself. Um, they sit, chat, Ananda, probably messing up the pronunciation, but it's being, consciousness, bliss, you know, definitions for uh, Brahman, Brahma, Brahma. Mm. Uh, and so, like, there's still this thought that, oh, and, like, look at Native American spirituality is the great spirit mm. who, you know, fills all things and, and takes care of his creatures and feeds his creatures. There's this thought within people, well, in, in societies um, across the world that the creator and sustainer of life has to be good because life is ultimately worth living. And life is good even with all of its suffering. And so he sustains those things. I think like the, the concept of like the first concept of like, well, what if God, or at least the God who created the cosmos was evil. We have in the Gnostics, mm-hmm. which we see now today in the modern world coming back because I think we're feeling the same type of alienation from life that Gnostic thought touched upon was that we were, removed from nature and and that there was something wrong with us that has estranged us. I don't know. I can't really finish that thought. It's an interesting parallel, though, mm-hmm. modern thought, Gnostic thought. Um, so you're, 
you begin with a with a creation, right? I think that's what you yeah. that which births, <laughs> births sustains, sustains and calls all beings to it. How does that call happen? <laughs> that was so loud. It was very loud. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Is it the editor? <laughs> um, I think it's it's a call out beyond yourself. It's that still small voice. It says there's something more than this and sets you seeking for it. Evil calls to us. And we answer. Evil does not call us outside of ourselves. Evil calls us to isolation and selfishness. Okay. That's but, so, so the joining together of us, is that good? Community? Yeah. Depends on what the community's striving for, I suppose. Depends on a motive. Yes. I mean, Nazis had their own community. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, let's, let's pick the it's Nazis. It's easy, dude. It's so, <laughs> no, I don't disagree with you. Oh, what it's been evil? about six times oh, where really? I wanted you to bring all, up. You think all communities good? What about uh-huh. these guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, the call. Evil beckons. This is true. I said it's something that calls us beyond ourselves. Yeah. <sighs> How does evil not call us beyond ourselves? Because I think evil is pure selfishness. Selfishness isn't necessarily a bad thing, is it? Yes, I think so. Mm, I would disagree. I think selfishness can be bad. I think the practice of selfishness can be bad, but I think that I think that there are times when selfishness is is can be a good thing. Would would God be selfish? No. He's a jealous God. Who's he jealous over? Us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, think God, I think God can be can be a touch selfish. I don't mean it in a bad way. Yeah, I don't... Because the blessing, I think, that God... Again, like Mike was saying, the Judeo-Christian God... Well, I think the... Is, the, blessing of, the blessing of God is, is himself. I think that even just, like, talk about God in terms of, like... We're using human concepts to talk about... Of course we are. We're human... The only truthful thing that you can say about God is what you, he's not, as the apophatic theologians would say. Except, except for what God has revealed. Right. So, okay, evil calls to us. Yes. And, and I don't know that selfishness is always, is always evil. Maybe not always evil, but certainly not ever good. Uh, is it, it, I guess it depends on how you're defining selfishness. Like if, if selfishness is any form of self-care, you know, like at some point I I'm going to die. I just need a mental health day. <laughs> well, I just mean like any self-care. Like I'm going to die if I don't eat some food. Not right this minute. I've got probably a few weeks, maybe a couple months. I don't know. Haven't really pushed the limits of that. Uh, 40 days. For, <laughs> that, <clears throat> that sounds pretty intense and painful. Uh, you know, I've I've gone like maybe three days without eating. Uh, that's it's it's rough, but like eventually I'll die. Is it selfish for me to eat? No, no. Okay. Is it selfish in your definition for me to eat? In a way. <laughs> no. I, what are you eating? 
a pizza, man. <laughs> so are you eating? I, I again, like the motive, right? Like, are you just? Are you just? No, I am it, eating the pizza, man. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are you eating like purely those things that you desire, right? Or is it just plain oatmeal? Yeah, so that, can, but that's actually what so I was I thinking. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, just like the most basic nutritious thing, because that's because to do otherwise would be selfish, right? To do otherwise. And, and so fasting, I mean, fasting is in a sense like to put aside myself, right. right, for the sake of something else, for the sake of generally the divine. And so, you know, there is, there, there's a level of selfishness to, to eating, but that, that isn't necessarily bad. I think the practice of our life, well, yeah, because eating is not selfish. You need to do it or you'll die. So it's I, what, neither? No, it's like, it's just is, like you eat. Like, that's, why, <laughs> that's why we have like the term gluttony for when it becomes a problem. But it can be good too. Because you can rejoice and you can celebrate and to right. break bread with your... I don't your... think that's selfishness. I think the whole point here, like in what we're... I'm not saying that that's selfishness. I'm just saying like the practice... there's a way the practice of eating can be, it can be bad. It can be good. Yes. But I think because we're talking about selfishness, like we all instinctively recoil at the selfish person because we know that it is not good. So when we've but... got a bunch of food on the table and the selfish person takes all the cookies... Yeah. We're like, come on, dude. Like there's other people. Yeah. Like selfish, like to seek only the self. And I mean, don't want to get all biblical, but like he who seeks to save their life shall lose it. He who loses their life for my sake shall find it. Like, so if I don't eat, I'll find my life. I, I find, I find something of a, of a loop there because, because the thing is, is that Jesus is saying, if you want your life, you must give it up. Right. Yeah. So there is something that is a little bit about myself. I seek life. And so in order to find it, I have to give it up. Yeah. You have to like empty yourself. But there's still a piece of like, I'm, I'm looking for this thing. Right. Like there's so, and, and, and I'm looking for it. Why? Because but I, I think, you know, that that's not the definition of selfishness. I think I appreciate your use of the word selfishness. And I, and I totally agree that, um, especially in the practice of our times. I think, I think your definition is very appropriate for our times in many ways because selfishness seems to be one of the big problems, one of the big sins of our, of our age right now. Like so much of our world around us is focused upon myself and upon satisfying my own wants, my own desires. Um, and so it's about my career and about what I want to do. It's about my desires. And so... I, I buy the best food because that's what my taste buds, that's what I want. That's what I, and this again, like, you know, that, that relativism of like, you know, how can that, that, which, which satisfies me be bad? Well, um, and so, so I think that you're, you're bringing in selfishness is, is very appropriate, um, especially for our times. Um, and, and I'm, I, I mean, in, in part, I'm not trying to say that you're wrong here. I'm not, I'm just... We're examining it. You're just being your natural, semantically upsetting self. <laughs> As though you've never done that. When I do it, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that might sound a little selfish. <laughs> I'm I'm curious if the uh, the extra in there was for any you know snake like purposes or uh, he yes. who speaks with a forked tongue. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know if if evil, you know that's just, that's what popped into my head because when I think of 
to go back to, you know, the personification of evil. Mm-hmm. When I think about the personification of evil, like throughout literature or mythology or religion, it is always that which seeks its own good above all else, or what it thinks is its own good. It seeks to dominate. It seeks to control, manipulate, destroy. It only cares about itself. Mm-hmm. Sauron. Sauron. So his will to dominate. Like, and I know, and like, it makes me uncomfortable as well because I, <sighs> you know, there's a lot of self-seeking I have in my life that I have to overcome. But like. And I'm and I'm probably making a general claim that our society is ultimately evil, and that most of the people, including myself, in our society, are participating in a level of evil that would make us run and flee if we could see its true face. I think for us, divorced from the divine and divorced from the practice of it, and which you know, call that what you will, spirituality, religion, something like that. I think that the good and the evil are always mixed. Um, and, and that we cannot separate them. Uh, I think that there are, I think there are things that, that are good in our world and those things that are good come from God. And, and the, the problem that we have in our own lives is that, is that we can't, we can't separate those, those things out. Um, you know, is, is nature, the, the lion that, that kills the gazelle, is that evil? It's, just is. It just is. Yeah, it's natural, right? The problem with us is that is that our state, our state of nature, uh, has that element of selfishness to it, and that pra- and I guess what I'm saying is is that practice of selfishness tends tends towards that destructive, tends towards that domination, that control, that peace. Even if it's just our own lives, you know, like I want to control my own life, and I think that that's. In in the in the call that, that I think that God gives, like you, like we were talking about with Jesus, I think that I think that He's saying He's calling us not to that selfish thing of like saving our lives, but that selfish thing of like giving our lives up, because well, that's the very thing that like we want to like we 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 want to control. That's the thing. Like by finding your true self, it can only come through utterly losing yourself. Like it's only so like the, like with. Christ self-emptying, right? Mm-hmm. Kenosis in Greek. That is the stance that like his followers must take. His complete self-emptying. You know, and I would say maybe evil is that which closes itself up. Maybe evil is that which like closes itself up. I'm being told my, f- my I was too far away from the microphone. No, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> yeah, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you started what was, closing your eyes and like drifting, and I was like, like "No." Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I I sort of talked a little bit about why I wrote my def- why 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 did you write this the way you wrote yours? Because I can't imagine goodness without God, and if God is the ultimate source and goal then the only things which are good are those things which ultimately lead us to him. And that which leads us away from him would be evil. I'm going to let that be. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I want, I mean, partly because of the time, partly because, um, I mean, it would lead us into a lot more discussion and maybe that's another time and another place, but, um, can good and evil, can they be found? Here's what I'm thinking. Are there times when there are things that lead us away from God that then those very things become things that lead us to God? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So then it's not necessarily in the thing itself. And I understand I'm sort of like like getting kind of close to well, we're entering some of that like the Greek love, thought of like... Yeah, yeah paradox. Greek, well, not just paradox, but like... Mystery. You know, is there... Is the chair evil? Is the chair good? Like, do they have a substance, right? Like, and I guess that's the thing that we're. I think that's the thing about about God is that you know. I'll say this: I think if you are actively searching, there's a lot of crap uh, that I've done, um, experienced that was not good, <laughs> but like I was always seeking. And I really do believe, I, I mean, I believe it's true. Seek and you will find. I don't even think you have to know what you're searching for. I did not know what I was searching for for years, but I knew I was looking for something. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are looking for something that they can't name and that... Is this... Go ahead. And that... Uh, that long broken path that they have walked to get to that place will ultimately prove to have been redemptive when the door is opened. Are you waiting for me to disagree? That's <laughs> <laughs> why you're here, Mike. I, I know. I just I was I was lost in, in it for a minute. Uh, well, this is the thing about podcasting, right? Like when we say these things that, that sometimes are, they tumble out and, and we kind of have to think about them for a yeah. moment or two. Um, Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I love the, I, th- I think that there's a lot of mystery in Seek and You Will Find, right? Yeah. And I, I, especially, especially as I get older, uh, I, I find a lot of value in, in just kind of. This is this is life, and this is the journey that this person is on right now. And I don't have to stress. This is the journey I'm on right now. I don't really have to stress about like where is it right now? What's going like? There's there's a lot of mystery here, and we're just gonna we're gonna ride this wave. Um, that sounded super hippie-ish. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think that in in looking at good and evil in a person's life, you have to kind of take that approach where like this feels maybe feels evil right now, but ultimately leads to good. And maybe like you said, maybe that's a redemptive feature or maybe that is that this thing that was happening is ultimately good. I'm, I think it's bringing to mind the question, can good, uh, can evil be redeemed for good? Or does it have to be twisted to become good? I think it's redeemed. That was kind of a softball. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I think, I mean, that's the wonder of what God does. 
Yeah. He's in the redemption business, you know, and like, and I think perhaps the most beautiful thing about it is that he doesn't just redeem it for us, but he redeems it for everyone that we will share it with. Mm. It's like you now have this story that led you to the banquet of the king. And you can tell people that, you know, it's possible. Like, I've walked the road you've walked. And, like, no matter how dark it seems right now, like. So that's, I think that's the most beautiful part. Is like redemption is never just for ourselves. Mm. That's, what, again, why I, like, think evil has to do with selfishness. Redemption is not just for me. It's for everyone I will come in contact with. It's for my brothers. It's for my sisters. It's for my family. It's for everyone who needs to hear my story and for everyone whose story I need to hear. It's the only place you can go alone is hell. Is there a community aspect to good in, in that sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, partly I say that because I think, I think community is one of the things that we have lost in our world and are desperately seeking, desperately need. Because like I was saying with Thomas's definition, I think that the selfishness is right on with the world that we live in right now because it seems so, so prevalent and selfishness really destroys community in so many ways. Um, it doesn't, doesn't allow for it, right? Because yeah. if you're going to be... If you're gonna live in community, that means that you you do have to give up yourself in many ways. You do have to give up your own your own things, your own. Um, you know, we've talked about it before with being parents. Like you, you give up a lot of things for the sake of others around you. Yeah. And and then I, w- I want to get to yours, Mike, too. But I was pulling up his definition again. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think uh, so. To your point, your point, Thomas, about the divine. You know, when I wrote that which is straight and that which is whole, I did have in mind, like, God is straight. God is whole. And I don't mean straight in, like, a sexual way. I mean, that's why the opposite would be crooked, right? (laughs) But, like, his way, his way. Yeah. And that that he, it is a a whole, there's a wholeness to to who God is um, that is not found in in anything else. So that... that word I brought up, I think, in the first episode, telos. Yeah. Which is, you know, loosely translated as goal. It uh, means to be brought to an end state. And it's used often in Scripture for wholeness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's partly why I use Telistic. the words that I used, you know, because they are words that are familiar to me in thinking about these things. Um, and that was, that was the, well, the whole of it. Is that is that the idea of maturity? Bringing something to completeness, to complete completeness. Yeah. Um, maturity might not necessarily. I mean, I guess uh, you know. I'm thinking, not necessarily mature in uh, attitude, but like a when something matures, it's it's at its end state. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, which which can then come back to well in that sense of the, of there being a goal, there being an end point, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Saint Paul talks about that. You know, you're not yet mature. Yeah. So I can only feed you milk. 
Is is that that word? With that, I mean, you might not have a no. I get what you're meaning. Translation if, handy. Well, and the and the and the and well, and the whole idea of like sin being missing the mark too. Mm. You know that there's there is a goal, right? There there is a point at which you are you are aiming that when you. Right. That's what I there. thought of when you said straight originally was like. Yeah. The course an arrow has to take to reach the target. Yeah. Which is God. Yeah. Well, maybe and 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 and, and again, like I was trying to be a little provocative in what I defined it as because I, because I do agree with you. Like, like these are things and, and it's why we're here, right? Like these are things that we have to seek, that we have to pursue, that we have to think about and talk about. Mike, can we? Definition time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We've we've left you a poor amount of time. Well, you know, it's, it's okay because I don't, I don't have mine written in front of me. I wrote it in a draft email and must have deleted it. It's gone. It's lost know. in the ether. <sighs> yeah. Um, it wasn't well refined either. So um, you've, you've bought me time to just keep like trying to take off find points a way for to... lack of preparedness. I know. Yeah. It, this, I know it's a group effort too, and your grades are going to suffer for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hated group projects. <laughs> oh, they were the worst. Um, I was usually the reason groups proud. People hated them. <laughs> Thomas was the one. He was the reason we hated group projects. <laughs> if it wasn't for Thomas, we'd actually be getting an A here. <laughs> I, I had a, a a group project once, and uh, a girl in the class was like, "Are you smart?" And I just said, <laughs> "What a question!" I, I just said no, and she was like, "Okay." So she basically like didn't let me do very much, and I was like, "Oh." That was interesting because I, I was usually the guy in the group projects who was always like taking on the burden of most of the work. and uh, Which ironically is a lot of what you've done with our podcast here. So Mike <laughs> is the one who's set up a lot of our t- technology and our website and our Facebook and everything. And so well, it's yeah. wicked ironic that we're talking about this. And yet group you're, project, you're yeah. very much the one who's done so I, much work. I do the technical stuff. You guys do a lot of the thinking. And then I just sit here and... And poke at it. I, I don't feel like I should get credit for thinking because it's just extreme anxiety. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you got to have something it. to do with I your uh, <laughs> your inability to sleep. Right. Um, okay, so my my first initial like the the first thought that I had that was like I don't I don't want to accept this as what I'm going to present, but I'm going to present it anyways as a, as like the. Here's an introductory gut check response from a very Christian standpoint. Like, okay, what God says is good is good. What God says is evil is evil. And that's that. Um, Which is incredibly difficult to then pin down in practice, especially when you have different uh, theological frameworks that you might be working with. And so, hey, look, based on my theological framework, God says this is good. Well, based on my theological framework, God says it's bad. So that becomes very fraught with with chaos. Um, and not that, that, that makes it wrong. It just makes it very complicated and difficult. Um, but so I started trying to look at how I understand God's motives in what he, what I believe he says and does as good and what he says about evil, um, through the lens of my framework, which feel free to like kick to shreds. Um, I, tentatively believe (laughs) at this point, after a week of thinking about it, that um, good is that intent which is guiding towards and leading to ultimately blessing and that evil is intent that is ultimately guided towards and leading to trauma, especially, uh, and I enjoyed this about your, your definition, especially trauma that is 
inflicted on others for selfish reasons. So that's kind of where I, I landed in a, in a much less theological state. So good is are those deeds with intent that lead to a blessing that the that it's that are ultimately guided towards blessing that yeah. are guided towards blessing. Do they have to reach the blessing to be good, or just have the intent? I don't know yet. Okay, I I would say that they don't necessarily have to in a uh, you know human sense, but that in a broader sense that they would. Some some might say that the path itself is the blessing. Right. I'm just thinking of like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't. Where's what is that in an 80s song? <laughs> I think it's just like common, like folksy wisdom. No, oh, it's the best that we can come up with. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. I'm not sure it's very good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people with good intentions, but it's not. It's not that the so it's not that the intent is to bless. It's that the that there is an actual blessing there. But so, wow, that's really difficult to separate out without thinking about it more. Um, so it still maintains a goal. Right. But like my, my good intentions, like let's say I am, uh, I, I happen to believe that eating nothing but shellfish is the most right way you can live. And Malcolm is horribly allergic to self shellfish and I'm forcing shellfish upon him because I believe it's the most right way to live. I might, I have good intentions, but there is actually no real blessing at the end of that, whether it's accomplished or not. Right. Like I will kill you. That depends on whether you like Malcolm the shellfish. Well, <laughs> 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 don't go to sleep on bringing the clams. That's scary in a lot of different ways. Um, so, it's a, so did you? So you use the word blessing, right? That's a good word because because I think we we oftentimes associate it as as a as a good. I mean, it might be cheating and kind of using the word in, in its own definition. In no, a no, 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 no. Well, and blessings, I blessings think what's a tough good is what leads to, to goodness. Define. Yeah. <laughs> and what's evil is kind of Thanks, those things Webster. that are evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Like you don't want to use the word itself to define the word. You just, you can't do that, right? Um, and so you have to capture something else about the word. Uh, so th- I think blessing is a good, is a good word to use, but you, so I have a question about your, your definition of evil because you said trauma and I, I kind of expect you to just say curse. I did oh, too. Oh. Because blessing and curse would go together. Right. That, that might be a better word. No, I'm not trying to correct your definition. I'm just asking well, the question, I mean, like, poke it. like, tell me a little bit more about, about, about your, tell me more I, about your evil, Mike. <laughs> well, um, actually if, if you really think about it is our curse and trauma very at least closely related. I actually think trauma is an amazing word to use because I think trauma comes from a direct confrontation with human evil, whether in others or within yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I, so it's I, the result of it, right? Yeah. I was driving home and I was listening to a podcast and, uh, was it ours? No, <laughs> it was, it was like a bonus episode in the Mars Hill, uh, thing, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they were interviewing a trauma therapist oh. and talking about how you know, the the ways that a lot of these things happened at this church and the power struggles and things, or what spiritual abuse is what they called a lot of what happened, um, mm. how that led to trauma. And I was like, oh man, it's, I mean, there's a lot of trauma all around. Uh, and, you know, working with uh, teenagers, particularly those who had 
gone through trauma, uh, which I did years mm-hmm. ago now, but, yeah. um, you know, you see those are the things that, that I know I look at and go, Ooh, like that's evil. Yeah. And that like, you know, going all the way back to one of the things I said way back was, uh, you know, you know, it when you see it and anytime I think about the thing that I've seen and gone, that's evil. And I know it when I see it, it's always been trauma, the Holocaust, because we have to bring that up. At least a dozen times. At, at least, yeah. Especially if we're talking about good and evil. Uh, like trauma child abuse. times a thousand. Child abuse, yeah. The things that like make you want to throw up because you're like, that's just so evil. It's always trauma. The things that make you want to become evil to eradicate the evil. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> like I have, like the yeah. things that bring the strongest reaction in me and that make me want to go against. Make you the most violent. Yeah, they make me the most violent. I like those things, which are just like that is clearly just horrible, evil, and injustice. And yeah, and the the thing that that scares me the most sometimes about my own reactions to evil is is that truly evil, or do I just think it is? I think. I mean, I think in what you're talking about, like trauma. That's why I think trauma is a good word to use. Um, I'm way more comfortable with your definition of evil than I am with your definition of good. Okay. Because I don't know. I feel like there's an infinite way to poke. Yeah. The, that one, but like the evil one, it's just like that word. Maybe it's my like my own. You like it because it's it hits at that selfishness thing. Well, and like it hits at the result. Like trauma is like if like that. Mm-hmm. I think. And and especially when it's selfishness, yeah. right? Because like. Again, going back to my son's surgery, like there's some physical trauma, but the intent was and the the end result even is a better thing, a blessing. Like we're going to get rid of this weird growth on your bladder so that you I, stop having these problems. So like they're doing like studies about like basically the exponential growth of trauma in society mm. and like how PTSD is, you know, it used to be a phenomenon reserved for, you know, veterans and sex abuse victims and like people are experiencing trauma on just ridiculously high levels. And you can be like, well, maybe we've become like weaker, like our constitution. Or we just weaker. know more about it. And or it, was, like, it was there to begin write, with and we, we just didn't identify it. it. Or it could be like that we as, uh, you know, we as human beings are responding to a world which is becoming more and more cruel and indifferent. Like, we think, right? Like, we look back in history and, like, oh, yeah, that was violent and brutal. And it was. But, I mean, we talked about this a couple episodes. Like, the 20th century is the most violent, bloody, brutal century in the history of mankind. Oh, I was going to look at statistics. And, like, the like the rise of uh, the, the technological, well, first the Industrial Revolution, yeah. uh, which displaced all types of people. Um, I mean, just, like, like... When the, the Tennessee Valley Authority or River Authority or whatever, like flooded the Tennessee River, like people had to dig up their relatives and move them, and like they lost like homes that they had lived in for. You well, know, not just that, but the concentration of people into cities. Concentration of people into mm-hmm. cities, the lack of community because of this. How everyone's just a blank face, like the speeding up of Ironically, our. Ironically, more people in one space is less community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it created some. I mean, because you had neighborhoods, right? But like, I mean, well, and and cycle. You only have you only have the capacity to be involved in in about 150, 200 people's lives to begin with. That sounds like way too much for me. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's tithe on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
historically though, right? Like that's that's the ideal. That's the, the ideal. The, yeah. the size of villages and things like that. That like that's when they that's when they work, right? And so even when even in the concentration of people into cities, you still have little microcosms into into neighborhoods, right? So you have. Well, I mean, in part like ghettos, but like, you know, it, it oftentimes breaks itself down according to ethnic religious lines, yeah. right? Because because those are the ones that we're the most familiar and comfortable with. But you you tend to congregate with, with a small group and you might interact with others in some other ways, but you, you still tend to tend towards those about 150, 200 people. But yeah, I think, I think that is probably pro- like if that is why like we are seeing – more and more, all those different reasons, trauma responses in people. It's like the world, like as the world becomes all more corrupt and more evil and like the means of control and power be- increase, our means to destroy ourselves increase, like we realize that we're facing actual malevolence, that we're not just facing indifference anymore, we're facing actual malevolence on a daily basis. Like, how can you watch, like, the things that we see on YouTube or Facebook or whatever? And, like, I just, like, read horrible comments. Like, people are wishing for other people to die all the time. That's got to do something to you. Like, how do you walk away from your computer after, you know, saying something like that and look in the mirror and think that there is any goodness in you at all? I think oftentimes it's the thing that, that worries me or, or troubles me the most about about both sides of the political aisle is that the very thing, you know, that they, the ways that they cry out against one another are so similar. And, and it's like, it's like, it's like you're looking at each other and you don't even realize it. Right. Yeah. Like you're, like you're calling for the destruction of one another um, because you think you're on the side of good. Uh, and yet you're, 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 you're battling an evil with an evil. Right. Yes. And so maybe that's the thing, maybe that's the thing that at the end of the day, we, that's the problem. We keep trying to, we're familiar with the evil, whether or not we know it because, because it is in our own lives, but that's partly, I think, why we're familiar with it. And, and we keep trying to overcome it. We keep trying to battle it with, with a, with an evil. And, and maybe we don't call it that because we've, we've changed our definition and we think that it's good now, right? Because we because we have that relative sense of things. Um, and yet, the only we can't build anything because of that. That's why whenever I hear someone say, tear it down, I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. Well, that's, that's honestly, if we go back to like my definition, that's where it starts to fall apart, is if you, if you believe that what you're trying to accomplish is the ultimate, is that, that's the blessing, and you're willing to do whatever to get there. Well, you said... You said that you were coming at it from from that that Christian framework, right? And I think that that is one feature of of the Christian framework is that it, you know it, it it says this thing not because because God is in it. It says this thing is good because God is in it, right? Right. And so it identifies that that, that God is good, and and it and and I get it. Like we're making that, that presupposition, although it bears itself out when you examine it you're making this presupposition you're 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 assenting to this thing and you're and you're saying that that, that there's something there's something outside of our ourselves which calls us to this which seeks to bestow this blessing which is good to pursue and and that's the thing 
that that we build up, right? We don't we're not we're not repaying evil with evil. You know, there's a there's a call to there's a call to turn the other cheek. There's a call for justice for uh, even in the marketplace, equal scales, right, or or correct scales, mm. uh, and that um, that there's a there's a pattern to our lives that needs to be conformed to those things in order for the world around us to be made sense of, even because otherwise it 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 devolves so much that you know we'd. Be, be better off behaving like animals, and yet we can't. Yeah. We don't have the nobility of animals. I, I, I think in theory it, it seems to sound good and work. In practice, it becomes very muddy. I think that's something that we've been hitting against in, in all of these episodes. Yeah. The practice is the most ambiguous part. <laughs> I think even like <laughs> sometimes it's not very ambiguous. Right, sometimes it's right. not, but like it becomes ambiguous when intention comes into play, which is the whole, you know, difference between like, you know, pharisaical attitudes to religion and actually an actual life-giving faith, right? Cuz right. you can have all the outer appearances of being a good person, but inside you can be full of monsters. Well, is the law is the law something simply something that is outside of you, or has it been planted within you? Right. Right. Like that's that Pharisaical attitude. Is that it's that it's it's legalism. It's this thing outside. And even well, even like with like uh, like secular secular people. I mean, it's like the difference between like you know I feel moved with genuine compassion for this human being, so I'm going to help, or like I want to make a video to get a bunch of likes on Facebook. You know, so I'm going to you know. Yeah, and that's. I think secular people can do altruistic things. Yeah, that's Absolutely. why I said like I. That's why I okay. said. Oh, that's what that was your point. That's my okay, point. sorry. I I totally reject I just the assu- idea that like you can't do good unless you're a Christian. No, 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 no. I just I I I'm sorry. Absurd. I apologize. Yeah, I, I was assuming a certain no disregard yeah. that you have for. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might disregard like the, their worldview, <laughs> but no, I think that there's. I, but the thing is, I don't think that they're doing that goodness apart from God, because I believe that the image of God is in every human being, and that God's like we have a conscience because of God. Yeah. And and I think that when people do good, whether they realize it or not, they're participating in God's grace. Because he makes I, yeah. the sun to shine on the good and bad and makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. It's a hard thing. Well, it's not hard, but it's just sometimes shocking or something like that to to think that you could be doing good without even knowing it, right? But I guess the I guess it's we we totally accept that you could be doing evil without even knowing it, right? Yeah. Well, so, I think if you go back even and look at theological frameworks, you could you could be genuinely trying to do good and be piling burdens on people's backs. Like I, I would argue that there were Pharisees who thought that they were doing good. Oh, of course. Yeah. But they were just, they were, they were actually creating spiritual trauma for the people that were under them. And those are the things that, those are the things that keep me up at night. (laughs) Right. So am I actually doing as a pastor, as a pastor, Mike, I mean, I, I, they sometimes keep me up at night too. Yeah, that thing. 
Yeah, we're. Uh, I ha- I have to leave. <laughs> L- let me cut this episode short with my abrupt statement. I have to leave in like two minutes. We we hope that you have enjoyed our discussion on good and evil. Uh, I'm going to make a plea for you out out there. Uh, go to our, you can find us on Facebook uh, and you can interact with us on and everywhere on the, podcasts are sold. <laughs> Except Apple yet. <laughs> Someday we'll be on Apple. Please, please interact with us. We will uh, and and tell us uh, tell us your thoughts. Uh, we are interested. We are interested to uh, to hear from from you, our listeners, uh, because again, what we are trying to do here is to dialogue, is to think about these things and to talk about them. Um, we we sort of pinned ourselves down in in a number of different ways here. And so, uh, so, <laughs> which is, which is admittedly uncomfortable, right? I think because, because when you say these things and you say, this is what this is, you're, you're sort of opening yourself up to, to, um, to the criticism of it and to the, to having to defend it and all of those things. Um, what do we want to say about, about good and evil as we, as we. I want to hear some other definitions from I've, our listeners. Yeah. I, I'd be great to have some definitions from our listeners, and post them on um, our Facebook page. I also think we need a closing episode on this. I don't think we're complete. We're not whole? We're not Are whole. Are we crooked? We have not reached <laughs> the telos of this series. So we will hear from you or we will, we will be with you next time to, uh, to find some wholeness and some completeness on this. Thank you for being with us. This is What Would You Do If We Poked You in the Axiom? Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or found it challenging, please like and share with your friends. You can find us online at pokethexiom.com and join the conversation yourself at facebook.com forward slash pokethexiom. Your hosts were Malcolm Fowler, Thomas Barton, and Mike Dion. This episode was recorded at the Black River Innovation Campus in Springfield, Vermont, and is sponsored by Indelible Inc., a web agency driven to perfect your digital presence.